Let's make this year your best real estate investing year ever by coming to the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. And the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is where you can join hundreds of real estate investors and over 40 expert investor speakers and learn how to have an amazing success in your real estate investing business. The Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is not like any other conference out there. This is a no sales pitch conference where the entire three days event is all about you and helping you to meet expert investors, teaching you how to invest and join a huge community of hundreds of like-minded real estate investors. And because you are a part of the Successfully Unemployed podcast, I'm giving you 20% off your RubeCon pass. That's right. Get 20% off of your RubeCon pass. Use the promo code SU20 or SU20. You need to be at the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. Join us in the heart of downtown St. Louis, March 14th through the 16th for a transformative three-day event that's more than just a conference. It's a community of investors. Get your pass. Go to RubeCon.com, R-E-W-B-C, com and use the promo code SU20 or SU20 to get 20% off of your Rubicon pass. Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show. My name is Dustin Heiner and I'm here to help you learn how to get financial independence. Quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job, by investing, by having a side hustle, by being a freelancer, business owner, entrepreneur, every way possible. And today I'm super pumped to bring on a fantastic real estate investor who invests in big apartment complexes and helps other people to invest with him so that everybody can be successful at investing in real estate. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We've already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence so you will never work for someone else again. And now, here's your host, Dustin Heiner. Hey, what's going on? Super blessed as always to have you here. Honestly, week after week coming and listening to the show, I'm super blessed. And what I'm doing is bringing on lots and lots of different types of people who have found a way to become successfully unemployed. And today, I'm super pumped to bring on a fantastic real estate investor. In fact, he actually came to the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. I know you guys have also heard me as I've documented how I've built an entirely new business on top of everything else that I have. Now I literally have five businesses that make me money. Now I hire out a lot of the businesses so I don't have to do the work. So I have other experts doing all the work for me. But I had this expert come to be on the podcast as well as he came to the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. And on top of that, he's a fantastic real estate investor himself. And before we get into the show, I just want to share with you how I am sorry last week I didn't get out the show in time. It came out on Thursday instead of Tuesday, which it normally comes out Tuesday morning. It was because I was literally just got off of RubeCon, so tired, went on a golfing trip for a week with a couple buddies up in Bend, Oregon, which was an absolute blast for an entire week, came back home for four weeks, four days, sorry, and then went on a Alaska cruise, an Alaska cruise with my family, which was super amazing. And we didn't have internet. In fact, I paid for internet, but for some reason, it was blocking the, uh, I guess, the software, the website that I use for hosting this podcast. So I couldn't get it out until Thursday. So I apologize. Every week it comes out on Tuesday. So I appreciate you coming back every week listening to that. But that's just a quick story of 
That's why it didn't come out on Tuesday. But every Tuesday we release, or I release a brand new episode. Now with the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference, I get to tell you a quick story. So with the conference, I put on this conference two years now in 2023. We just finished it up. It was in Phoenix, Arizona. Next year, it's going to be in St. Louis. RubeCon 24 is going to be amazing in St. Louis. But here's what's kind of quickly funny is in RubeCon 23 in Phoenix, I was... I basically told the entire hotel that, hey, I want to provide coffee for people because, you know, people need coffee when it is, you know, lots and lots of learning and talking. We need coffee. So little to, I guess, my surprise, I had no idea they set the hotel, set it to consumption. Basically, they said, we're not just going to set out a certain number of gallons. We're going to set it to consumption. Now, I know what you might be thinking. You might be thinking, well, people drank too much. No, it wasn't that. We had... I told them we were supposed to have 400 people at the conference, and they imagined every single person at the conference having at least one, if not two, cups of coffee. So in the morning and in the afternoon, they put out 32 gallons of coffee, or at least they're charging me for 32 gallons of coffee. Can you believe that? Now here, it's not that bad. If coffee was like gasoline, which is what, $3 a gallon, $4 a gallon, it wouldn't be that bad. No, 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 no. At a hotel, this is liquid gold. This is, <laughs> they charge so much money for everything. It was $100 a gallon for coffee and 25% gratuity and like what, eight, nine, 10% in taxes. So I'm paying $135 a gallon. They're putting out 32 gallons in the morning, 32 gallons in the evening and dumping them out. Everything else was, oh my goodness. So the bill was $17,000 for three days of coffee. Oh, so here's a quick lesson. Number one, check that. Make sure it's per gallon, not consumption. But number two, I negotiated. I literally said, I talked to the event manager of the hotel. I said, hey, we did not agree to consumption. Well, they replied, well, we told you it was going to be consumption. You didn't reply, but well, can you do something for me on the price? So I'm telling you, as a business owner, Everything in your business, my business, every business is negotiable. Remember, business is about people, not products. Real estate is about people, not a property. Life is about people, not experiences. If we focus on the person, we're going to be so much more successful in life. So I started negotiating with this company, with a hotel, very, very nice. I was as my best as I can being very, very pleasant, just saying, hey, we didn't understand that the consumption started at 400 people times two cups, which is 32 gallons. We believed you would fill it up until it was gone. And then you fill it up again until anyways. So I said, would you please bring down the price? I said, my goal was to be $2,500 a day. That's three days. That's $7,500 taxes and gratuity, 35% on top of that, we're at, let's say $10,000, $7,000 less than what you're charging me. Would you be able to help me out? So the lady went back and talked to her boss and he said, well, we don't want to do that. No, 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 but I'll do $3,000 off. Cha-ching. Oh my goodness. I was actually just willing and ready to just take the $17,000 and pay it because it was my oversight. Lesson learned absolutely for conferences in the future. Don't do that. I could literally buy a Starbucks gift card for everybody for like $30 and give it to everybody and save half of that. Anyways, but what happened, 
I literally negotiated and I prayed. You guys know, at least a lot of people know that I'm a Christ follower. And so I prayed. Investors invest. Business owners do business. Christ followers pray. And so I prayed as well. So I negotiated and I prayed. I said, Father, would you please bless us to have some money come down off of that total bill? I'd be fine to pay $17,000. It'd be a bummer, but it'd be a lesson learned. Would you please bless us? He did. He blessed us with $3,000. So it took me about 10 minutes of emails, 10 minutes of prayer, 10, 20 minutes total. I saved $30,000. Well, a penny saved, a penny earned. 20 minutes, $30,000. Well worth it. So I'm telling you, negotiate everything in your business. Now, if you want to come to RubeCon, the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference, I would absolutely love to have you be here. If you check the link in the description and use the promo code podcast, you'll get 10% off of the pass. Come to RubeCon.com and get 10% off by using the promo code podcast. But today, I am super pumped to bring on a fantastic real estate investor who invests in multifamily, Apartment complexes, 100, 200, 300 unit apartment complexes, has other people invest with him, blesses them to get a good return on their money, and they all win because they're gathering and they're helping each other out, just like we do at RubeCon. Let's jump into today's show where I interviewed Justin Moy, a fantastic real estate investor. All right, here we go. Justin, thanks so much for being here. Justin, this has been phenomenal, man. I'm excited to, to be on the show. This is great having you on. And you're a podcaster too, which is super fun for me to talk to podcasters. Now, tell me, how did you, or what do you do right now to make money for yourself and your family without working for somebody else? Yeah. So right now, everything that I do is within the real estate investing space. So we invest in a multifamily and we're kind of branching off into different things. Um, but everything has always been about providing passive streams of income for investors and then thus for ourselves. So just like you mentioned in the in the beginning of the show, you can quit that being just over broke and then kind of skating by life um, and really strive for for more. So real estate is the niche that I picked that I've, I've been in for a very, very long time. Um, and that's what I've seen to be the most successful. So that's what we do now. Totally. And I'm actually, it's kind of interesting because I've now interviewed quite a few in the recent, uh, like let's say last, oh. uh, I don't know, um, couple months. I've been interviewing a lot of real estate investors. And the big reason why, it's it's almost purposeful in a sense where I believe we're entering the best time ever to invest in real estate. Like I'm super excited. I started investing back in 2006. And in 2006, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was investing for cash flow, passive income, which like you were saying. Um, and with that, that was the best thing for me. I didn't go broke like everybody else did because I was only going for passive income. Yeah. And with that, I saw 2008 was the so such a I mean, crash. But then it was great to buy real estate back in 2009, 10, 11. It was terrific. I yeah. see that coming right now. And so that's why I would love everybody to realize if you're starting a business, especially if you have extra money and especially if you have extra income that you need to not have as much taxable income, then park it in real estate. That's one of the best ways to do. And if you're like us, you can actually make a living on real estate investing. Yeah. So what were you doing before you started investing in real estate? And how did that lead you into where now you're full time with real estate investing? Yeah, yeah. And so um, I, and just before I dive, I think one thing too, are you're seeing this increase so much is technology and the resources we have and made investing so much more available before it wasn't. Um, now you can do syndications, you can do funds, you can do private REITs, which all these people maybe didn't have the information for before. But now, I mean, like my podcast, Passive Real Estate Strategy is all about that. And you don't really need those, not those really high barriers to entry anymore. So yeah, I definitely agree. It's an awesome time. So I have been, you know, a, a, a lifelong entrepreneur. 
I've always had my own, you know, hustle, side hustles going on, or whether it was my my side hustle in college or my main, you know, source of income. Um, and that was really brought on by my parents. So my father was an entrepreneur. He owns a restaurant, uh, still has it's going on like fifty years. Um, and my mother was the opposite. My mother hates even the thought of risk, owning businesses, investing. She does only only the safest, safest investments you could possibly do. CDs. She loves CDs. You know, so she's very the opposite, very risk averse. And honestly, when my parents split up, I kind of saw the different lifestyles they lived. My father had a lot more freedom. He could go anywhere he wanted, do anything he wanted. He worked very hard, but every day he came home working hard, that meant he made more money. The restaurant was busy. That was good for us. My mother, when she would come home exhausted, she's working hard. No matter what, she's going to take home, you know, whatever, $60,000, $70,000 a year. And so that really shaped my mind of, hey, what do I really want to do? Because no matter what I do, I'm going to be working hard. No matter what you do, either, but it's either are you going to get paid for that hard work or are you going to kind of work hard on behalf of somebody else? And no shame to anybody that has a, a regular W-2 job. I think it's very important. But for me, that's just not the path that I wanted to do. So right when I turned 18, I got my real estate license. So I've been in real estate as a career my entire professional life. Um, and I was I was selling homes. I was selling homes. I was an 18-year-old kid in the third most competitive market in the country. At the time, it still probably is one of those in the East Bay of California. And I got the bug. I got the bug. I saw you know how much money could be made in that field. Um, and I just never stopped. I never stopped working for myself. And you know I always tell other people, one of the biggest things you can do to set yourself on a path of financial freedom is the first step is controlling your income somehow, whether it's side hustles, whether it's sales jobs, you need to be able to make more money than what the average job is going to pay the average person to, to have a faster timeline. So why did you go from living and having a life of somebody that has a restaurant and like your dad having a restaurant and then jumping out of the restaurant business into real estate investing? Yeah, so I actually worked in the restaurant when I was very little, and I think that really tainted my my idea of it. Because right? I'd, I'd get home from school, we'd have to drive like an hour to the restaurant. It's hot, it's greasy back there. I'm cleaning wet food, which is like not a phobia of mine, but I, you know, I just hate it. I don't know if that really what, what shaped it. Um, but I knew I didn't want to get into that business. Also, the hours were tough, right? I did notice my father was gone on weekends and holidays. I think they only closed one day a week or one day a year. I'm sorry. Um, up until very, very recently. So, you know, I knew I wanted to be in business for myself, but I knew I also wanted to stay within certain boundaries where, I, you know, generally you, you can't take holidays off and you can't have those weekends. Because when I was in real estate sales, it was like that as well. You were seven days a week. I can never turn it off. And because of that, it kind of took a toll on some of my personal relationships as well. And when I felt that's kind of sitting in, that's when I decided, okay, I need to take a different role as an owner somewhere where I can be more passive. I can be location agnostic. That was important for me because I felt like, you know, if I build this book of business, real estate agent is very local. If you move an hour away, okay, you almost have to start a new book of business. So I knew I wanted to be location agnostic. I knew I wanted to be able to build on top of what I've already done and not be so transactional. So those are really what shaped me into going from the transactional side of, of real estate to, you know, more of an owner side and building more of that long-term wealth. Yeah. And I worked in a restaurant growing, not growing up, but like out of college or in college and out of college, 
I worked in a restaurant and man, working nights. And I want to pause for a quick second and share that honestly, I really want you to invest in real estate. My new goal in my life, my first goal was to quit my job in 10 years. And I did that, accomplished that at 37. Now my new goal is to help 1 million people invest in real estate. So two things I would ask from you. Number one, if you get anything out of this episode, please share it with somebody else. Just say, hey, you know, check out Dustin, Master Passive Income. He really wants to help a million people to invest in real estate. That's number one. Number two, I want to get you to invest in real estate. Get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L, to 33777. Rental to 33777. I'll literally give you my course, show you how to find the area of the country to invest, how to build the business first. You know, I always talk about that and how to find the right properties, how to make sure you're getting experts to do the work for you and scale the business to where you're making $250 or more in passive income, scale it to quit your job. I'll literally get to you or go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. Obviously, it'll be in the description, but I really, really want you to invest in real estate because the more that actual normal everyday people own real estate that are good landlords, the better everybody's life gets. Over and over and over and like you, you wait. I'm a morning person, so I wake up and it feels like I'm just waiting all day until I go to work. Yes. Like when you yeah. go to work in the morning and then you get off, you have like I'm free to yeah. do whatever I want <laughs> until I go to bed and then I wake up and go back to work. So completely yep. feel you. And I was just talking to my wife probably like two days ago, maybe three days ago. I said I was looking, you know, looking at the restaurants opening and closing just around our area, yeah. and I was like, man. I would never, ever get into the real side, sorry, restaurant business because I know, number one, my background, I've seen how much work. It's a lot of work. Now, if you're a restaurateur, it's fantastic if you do that, but it's so much work. It's so much easier investing in real estate. That's why I love real estate. In fact, I'm also building a conference called the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. And just like last week, I said, honey, it's so much work building a conference. Can I just go back to investing in real estate? Like, it's just so much easier. It's so much more simple, passive. Yeah. And she said, yeah, you could, but you'd get more bored. Like, you'd be really bored. I said, yeah, you're probably right. Okay, moving on. Now, with that, okay, so you went from being a realtor to now you're actively investing in property. So you have passive income. Talk to me about passive income. Like, what's your idea of passive income and how was that implemented in your life? Yeah. So, you know, um, I'm just like you where everybody says they want to have passive income. And then if you were in a position in your life where you're truly have a hundred percent passive income and you've got nothing to do, it's like, oh man, I got to, you know, I'll start a conference. I'll do podcasts. I'll do this. You know, so I, I like to be active right now, but the point is I'm active on my terms because I love to do it. I'm very similar. Like you, I feel like I've seen this path and now my biggest goal is to educate people on this path. And that's really what I love doing day in and day out. So yes, I do have the passive income. I work on the active side of our real estate business. So what we do is we do work one of the totally passive investing strategies, which is called syndications, which is essentially a fancy word for meaning we buy larger properties or funds and we have smaller investors come by. So you don't have to invest you know, tons of money to buy an apartment building or a portfolio or something like that. Um, and we, we open up those opportunities as completely passive investment. It's for our investors. So I love, love, love educating people on this topic because I think a lot of people, they feel real estate is always passive. I'll go buy a property. The property manager will do all the work. I don't have to think about this anymore. And a lot of times people find that that's not the case. You still have work commitments. You still have to make decisions. You still have to do staffing and work with all that. So a lot of our investors kind of realized that they said, Hey, I want to do something completely passive. Um, and so we handle a lot of the active sides of the business, or we partner with people who do. So right now we're doing like a short-term rental fund where we're just raising money for it and people will give us their money passively and it's mailbox money. 
It's 100% passive. There's no commitment on their time, energy, or knowledge. And so what I spend my days doing now is educating people through podcasts, through my podcasts, through newsletters, through blogs, anything just to let people know, hey, like these are options for you. You don't need to have an enormous amount of money. You don't need to be a one percent, or you don't need to be, you know, in the top dogs of these real estate, these these fancy firms. Retail investors can do these things. So when I educate investors, that's truly what I love to do, and that's what I fill my days with doing now. I agree. And now that I've become successful and employed, I found that I had so much extra time on my hands. And there's, I mean, there's only so many things you could do leisure wise. And my, at least yeah. for me, I mean, a lot of people, if you're working day in and day out and you're grinding it out and you're like, man, I wish I could get to that point. hundred percent. We were like you, obviously Justin, you like, and myself, we were there hundred percent. But then yeah. once you get there, especially if you've been working your whole life and you're, you're a doer and you're, you're working a ton, then when you like ground to a hope and you're halt and you're not working nearly as much, it's like, I got to do something. But what's great about becoming so Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Successful unemployed is you literally have 40 plus hours of your life back that you can devote into building your own businesses, building your own value into things rather than building it for somebody else's business or whatever. Like you'll never, anybody listening to this, you need to realize You'll never get paid what you're worth by anybody else who, who will pay you what you're worth. You will be paying yeah. yourself what you're worth. And then if you put that out to the world, that worth is actually transaction with a customer wanting to work with you. Like let's say somebody wants to invest with you. Absolutely. You're going to provide good value for them and they're going to give back to you. So with investing in real estate, did you jump right into multifamily, which is the you know large apartment complexes that are 40, 50 units and, and above? Or did you start with any smaller residential four units and below type properties? Yeah. I actually went right into bigger properties. Um, and the reason being is I'm a huge, huge believer in formal mentorship uh, coachings and, and programs that I actually want to pay for. And I'd rather pay for them and I'd rather pay good money for them. And so I did a couple of those, both with single family investing strategies and multifamily investing strategies. And just, I think given my background in real estate, single family sales, I felt like I didn't really need to, you know, start off small. I was in the, in the space all the time. I really understood it. And I felt I had a pretty good base already. I brokered a lot with, with investors. And I felt like, you know, I was ready for that next step. I wanted to keep pushing myself. And when you get into bigger properties, you do realize there are operational efficiencies, there's scale efficiencies that you have. Um, and then there's a little bit of, again, location agnostics that you have as well. And at the end of the day, it just excited me more. You know, I believe that you have to do what excites you, even if, you know, you have two options, one might be a higher return on your cash, the other, you just love doing a lot more. And, you know, if the returns are fairly similar, I say you do that. So to me, it provided a different challenge for me, um, more scale where I could actually bring other people on. Like with single family homes, it's tough to bring a bunch of investors on and bring them into this world of real estate. With multifamily, if you're going to raise a million, two million, three million, eight million bucks, I can bring a lot of people into this world. So that's really what I wanted. So, you know, given my background and given the formal coaching stuff that I did, I really felt great diving into multifamily first. Um, and it's been a, a phenomenal experience for me. 
it seems a little daunting. Well, if somebody's going to buy a house to rent out, everybody is, I'm going to say everybody, most people, they can easily find a realtor and a mortgage broker, put them together, buy a house and then live in it themselves or get somebody else to live in there. That yeah. seems very simple. Multifamily seems more complex for people, especially the ones that have no experience in doing that. How do we get into uh, multifamily? I mean, it seems like, should we be going out and finding the properties? Should we be focusing on raising money or do both at the same time? Should we figure out how to make sure the business is running? How do we get into that, I guess, the investor mindset and path to become a multifamily investor? Yeah, I, I think it's it's so it's daunting because if you're comparing the two, you're comparing buying a home. Most people do that themselves, right? You find a realtor, they have a mortgage broker, or they you know the realtor takes them around tours and they kind of buy this property. That's not how the multifamily game works. At least not the successful, long lasting operators. You always have a team, and it is a business you are running. The acquisitions is a business. That's it. it, it in and of itself, is an entire business model. The raising money is a business. Qualifying for loans is different. You can't just have money for loans. You have to have certain experience, certain qualifications. Um, So everything about this world is different, but it becomes actually easier when you're able to partner. So, you know, what's easier purchasing a single family home for yourself by yourself with, you know, all your money in a down payment or investing passively in two or three funds or syndications where you have some diversity and you don't really have that obligation to do anything. You know, so it can be easier because you have a team and now you can leverage guys either like you or like me. We do this all the time. We do this every day. We have teams and systems built out. We have the knowledge. We've done all the research. We do all that stuff. Now you're putting in your cash so you can multiply it versus you can't really have that scale in single family. There's not enough there, right? There's not big enough deals. There's not big enough purchases. So, you know, it can be easier if you're going multifamily, if you understand that this is a team sport. And everybody plays their role and plays their role really well. Got it. So if we have very little money and we want to get started, and is it because I know, and I think you definitely explained it well, that you need to also have experience. You can't just say, I want to buy something and do it. Mortgage brokers, you know, actually they're they're more like bankers now. Commercial loans are totally mm-hmm. different ball of wax than a mortgage for a conventional loan. Yeah. It's they they want to make sure that they're not going to lose their money. They're investing in a business is what they're investing in. And yeah. so if we're wanting to raise money, how do we get started in that raising of money? And then the, the flip side of that, if we want to be a passive investor and we don't want to raise that money, but like we have a little extra money, let me invest yeah. in that passive income. How do we go about both of those? Yeah. So I think if you want to raise money, you want to be kind of on that active side of it. Um, first is acknowledging the rules. So unless you have certain securities licenses, you can't just raise money and, and leave. That can't be your only role. So you have to have some type of other role within the company. It's common to say, hey, I'll also help with due diligence. You know, I'll audit the rents and I'll look at financials. Um, but you're really purchasing a, a business, which is why the qualifications are so much different. Um, so if you want to raise money, the first thing you're going to want to do is partner with an experienced operator. It is. It can be catastrophic to operate a deal with just going blind, not knowing what to do, because on paper, it sounds really simple. Hey, we have this property manager, they'll lease it up. It'll be fantastic. But it's so much deeper than that when you're running a business or you're running you know, two, 300, 400 units. Now you've got to manage construction. That's an entirely separate business. You got project managers. So there's a ton going on. 
So I, I don't really advise people raise money for their own deals unless they're partnering with somebody um, or they've done this quite a few times. So I really believe in that partnership. And then, and now you can even say, hey, you know, yes, I'm doing my maybe first deal. I've, I've been doing this for only a year, but the partners on this deal, they've been doing this for 15 years. This is their track record. And that's what you're leaning on. So for me, you, those I'll quickly interject and say, I would personally suggest don't do it unless you have those people with you because there's yeah. so many pitfalls that you're going to be able that you're going to fall into. Now, with that, finish out your thought, but also getting into the passive. If somebody said, you know what, that's a lot of work. I actually enjoy, I'm a doctor and I really enjoy it, but I, I just have extra money. How do we get into that passive side? Yeah. And then, so just the final thoughts on that is, yeah, I, I totally agree. Partner on it because what sounds simple on paper can be very destructive and a, a big suck on your time, right? So again, if you're that doctor, you probably don't want to work 12, 13, 14, 15 hours and then come home to 17 emails of all action items you need your manager's approval on. And so it can be a lot. So, but yes, if you want to be on the passive side, um, you know, the first thing that you want to do is you want to meet some of those operators. So of course, that it's what I do. So what I do is I actually raise money for other operators as well. Um, people who we know, like, and trust, and have been doing business for a long, long time and, and have a great, great and strong track records and just meet guys like, like me or like you, if you're raising money for anything, just meet us, learn about the process, learn about what it takes, learn about, you know, do you need to be accredited versus not accredited? We work with both. Some people only work with one type. We have offerings for both. Some people say, Hey, we only offer credit right now. You know, here's what you need to do to qualify, then come back. Um, different asset classes. Do you want to stick into one asset class? Do you like a lot of diversity? Are you looking for quick equity multiples where you want to go in and get your investment back in three years or five years and double your money? Or do you want longer cash flowing deals where you'll sit on them for, for a long, long time and give them to your kids eventually? So you really want to get a clear vision of what you want to do. And then you can pick different operators based on that. I'm a podcaster. I love to podcast and listen to other operators. And then, you know, everybody will say, hey, book a call with me. I'll, I'll have a um, resources for you to put in the show notes. You can read up more on us and, and then just book those calls and start talking to them. If you want to be passive, you are trusting the operators with that money to be, you know, the instrument of that cash. So your biggest due diligence is going to be upfront on the operators that you invest with. I think that goes with, well, you think about you're giving your money to somebody to manage for you. And yeah. at the same time, you're having a business that's running itself. Like you need to really think about your interviewing people. Like you don't just trust anybody, my suggestion. Um, even if you're buying a single family home and you're like, oh, this is great. This is a good property manager. They told me they're good and I'm just gonna have them run my property. Well, I yeah. literally did that when I first got started and my property manager started st stealing from me within six months. It was absolutely yeah. horrible. Then I had to figure out how to do it right. So if you're gonna doing anything, Definitely be interviewing, definitely be checking their credentials and just make sure that they're going to do it right. But on top of that, um, I love what you said a little bit ago is getting education or having other people, mentors around you that are going to help you as well. That's one of the best things that you can do because you're either going to pay with one of two things, time or money. And so yeah. let's say you're going to want to do it all alone. And you're going to be working hard. You're going to learn from the school of hard knocks. I mean, that's totally fine. I did that. And it took a long time to learn from the school of hard knocks as opposed to paying somebody or getting a rent, like buy, buying coffee or taking a, a, a investor out to lunch. It's like spending some money so that it helps them to want to give to you and, you know, encourage you, give you tips or even maybe mentor you. Definitely yeah. think about that. Like I would personally much rather spend a lot of money, get my life back because time is the only commodity that we cannot 
make any more of, we can't earn any more, we can only spend. So if you think about that, how do I spend money to get time back? That's very, very valuable. So anything else in the idea of investing in real estate? Because you said you love to educate people. What else could we have missed that we need to know in this education of multifamily and passive investing as well? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so much we can make entire other episodes about, you know, what to look for, how to vet deals, how to do operators. I do my best to go through a lot of these steps in. So my show, you mentioned in the beginning, passive real estate strategies is all about that, how to vet operators, different questions to ask, red flags to look for, what types of markets, you know, what types of properties. So it's a, it's a fairly long journey of like education. If you're starting from zero, now, most people, just by listening to this show, I don't think you're starting from zero. You probably value education. You probably have kind of gone down these roads a couple of times. Um, but I always like to say education is not something you did. It's something you do, and you're constantly on it. So just be educated on what you want to do. Um, follow certain influencers. Follow people along their journeys. If you are thinking of pulling the trigger with, with an operator or a sponsor, you know, ask a lot of questions about them. You know, ask ask the things that are important to you. If experience is all you care about, then ask that. If you're okay, somebody who's a little bit newer, okay, ask what's your background that makes you qualified to do these things now? You know, not everybody has to be in this business for 20, 30, 40 years to be good at what they do. So figure out what you value in an operator or, or a custodian of your money and really hone in on, on those traits of the people you, you're trusting. And then keep educated. There's so many resources out there. Podcasts, Bigger Pockets is a huge one. There's a lot of indiv- individual blogs, newsletters. You you have such an abundance of information, which almost makes it hard. It's almost harder that there's so much information out there. Um, but just get started. Do a little bit of education every single day, and the next thing you know, you'll be ready to take that next step. That's funny that you said it's almost harder with all this information that's out there. You're 100 right. I mean, there's other podcasts that other people listen to. Let's say there's one. There's one big one that I'm thinking in the real estate space. I'm not going to mention the name, um, but there's so many voices on there that you're like you're getting so many competing ideas. Yeah. Um, one person says, "Oh, don't listen to that guy. He's absolutely wrong. Listen to this. Listen to me. I'm right." Or whatever. In my opinion, there's lots of different ways to invest in real estate. And mm-hmm. if somebody figure out a good way that works for them, then that's great. That works for them. But I mean, sadly, some uh, some groups get a little bag like they bag on other people. That's not the way that I do it. Like it doesn't matter yeah. if that's it. If it works, it works. And so I love the idea of vetting and really seeing if it, it's a right fit for you. Okay, so what are the now? We love passive income. We love making money where we only work one time. We make money over and over again with the multifamily strategy. What are the highlights and the lowlights? Like what's the the biggest highs that you had? Like, oh man, this we exited and we made a lot of money or, you know, what are the lowlights? Oh shoot, we actually have to go and raise more capital from the people that invested with us because, you know, it's not working so well. Tell, talk to us about those. Yeah, so, you know, we'll start on the lows first. Now, thankfully we haven't had to do cash calls for investors at all. Um, and that's a product of us, first of all, learning with our own money. So this first couple of times we actually purchased properties just ourselves. We didn't bring on any investors, which I, I, you know, thankfully we did because we cash called ourselves. Cause again, we made those mistakes with our money, um, which is, we knew we, we knew that would happen. Right. So we didn't take on any investor money. Um, so we've had some lows and we've, I have a very similar story like you were, Hey, we put in almost too much trust into a property manager. Um, I mean, it set us back hundreds of thousands of dollars and probably another year in our rehab costs uh, just because of all the little tidbits. And it was our first rodeo, right? So we didn't really know all the nuances to look for, even with formal mentorships. You know, you can't 
really pick out those things until you've been in the trenches doing it. So yeah, the first deal we did definitely a low light, but it's okay because it was our money. We knew we'd be learning a lesson. We didn't invest too much and we still made money, but it was a huge headache along the way. It was, you know, we call it at some point, it's not return on investment, it's return on headache. It was a poor return on headache property, but the return on investment ended up being still, still pretty good. Um, and the highlights, man, you know, my favorite thing to do is work with people who this is maybe their first passive investment. I love that. I love it because there's so many emotions that they feel right from being really excited about it. And then when there's a deal they like, now they're nervous. You know, now they're like, oh, now it's time to, to wire money. I'm kind of nervous now to wiring it and being excited again. And then they're seeing their first distribution. They're like, oh my God, this is working. Then we, you know, exit the property. They get this big, big check. They're like, how can I do this like more? How, how was I not doing this 15 years ago, 20 years ago? Like I'd be a, a gazillionaire if I was doing this all the time. So again, you know, at some point you love the education. Of course, the money's phenomenal. I'm not here to say that we're not all the same to make money, right? Money's a big factor in everything that we do. The money's great. But at a certain point, I love to see that, that those, those investor eyes just light up and like, wow, this is working. Like this is working for me in a passive sense. And it's just a way to multiply my income. I can still do what I love and don't need to commit a bunch of time. It's like, I love it when new people we get to bring into this space. I think so. And what it really comes down to, I find, and what you shared resonates with me, it's it's serving other people. It's helping other people. Now, when I bought my first property, I was ecstatic. By the time I was quitting my job, I was even more ecstatic. Like it was amazing. And I felt like I accomplished something. Then when I have my students get their first property, I don't really feel ecstatic like I did it. I feel so much more though. I feel more yeah. fulfilled. Like I helped somebody literally get their first property. It's so amazing. And then when they quit their job or they achieve their goal, like a lot of them, they want to be able to have that time freedom to either work or not. And a lot of them say, I have enough money where I can quit. I feel fulfilled as opposed to ecstatic, like excited. I did this. But I yeah. feel so much more um, fulfilled in general because I'm helping other people. It's just, and so I believe that there's four legacies that we need to have in our life and then hopefully leave. So number one is a money legacy. So we have enough money to buy what we want. Number two is a time legacy. So we have enough time to do whatever we want. So the money leads in the time. Next one is a relationship legacy where we have the money that leads in the time. Time leads in the relationships. We build our relationships up. So we are not lacking in that. And then from there, once we have all three of those legacies, then we can get into the service legacy. And that service yeah. legacy, that's like the most fulfilling possible because all three other ones before that are taken care of. And now you're just literally reaching and helping so many other people. So I really appreciate what you're doing. Now, Justin, talk to us about your podcast. How can people find you? Even reach out to you. They definitely need to check out your podcast. And, and hopefully if they want to invest, I want them to be able to reach out to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just one other thing about your four steps. I love it. And I think one thing that makes it so fulfilling for guys like us to bring new people on is because so many people, majority of people never get those first two. They get stuck there their whole lives. They get stuck there. And so when we're able to, to break those barriers down and now we can go work on three and work on four, man, it, it's really, you're, you're pulling people into the, the minority there, people in this country. So no phenomenal. I love the, the, the insight on that. So yeah, the podcast is called Passive Real Estate Strategies and it's it's a resource meant 100% for the passive investor. If you want to raise money, you want to operate deals, you know, probably not so much resources for you. If you want to give money to operators, whether it's funds, syndications, REITs, anything like that, 
That's the show for you. All we do is educate on passive investing strategies. Um, our company is called Realm Investors. If you want to learn more about passive investing strategies, we have a book called The Definitive Guide to Passive Real Estate Strategies. Um, it's at thedefinitiveguidebook.com. There, once you download it, you'll get all my info. I will actually send you a personal video message. So challenge me on that. I've been doing that um, lately. People have been loving that. So you download the ebook. I'm going to send you a video message, put a name to a face, um, and then we can continue the conversation from there. But love to talk to anybody about real estate. I, I love it, man. And definitely, just like you, fully, fully appreciate um, the idea of passive income. And hopefully everybody's starting to realize that really to become successfully unemployed, you need to have money coming in without you working that hour. If you work an hour and get paid for that hour, then if you don't work, you don't get paid. So let's start working on building businesses, getting investments, investing in passive strategies. So Justin, thank you so much for being on the show, man. I appreciate you. Uh, so this has been fantastic. I hope the listeners found it valuable as well. And that is it for today. Go ahead and get my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. You can also join my real estate wealth builders group coaching. Get all my courses. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next show. See ya. Let's make this year your best real estate investing year ever by coming to the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. And the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is where you can join hundreds of real estate investors and over 40 expert investor speakers and learn how to have an amazing success in your real estate investing business. The Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is not like any other conference out there. This is a no sales pitch conference where the entire three days event is all about you and helping you to meet expert investors, teaching you how to invest and join a huge community of hundreds of like-minded real estate investors and because you are a part of the successfully unemployed podcast i'm giving you 20 percent off your rubecon pass that's right get 20 percent off of your rubecon pass use the promo code su20 or su20 you need to be at the real estate wealth builders conference join us in the heart of downtown st louis march 14th through the 16th for a transformative three-day event that's more than just a conference it's a community of investors get your pass go to rubecon.com r-e-w-b-c com and use the promo code SU20 or SU20 to get 20% off of your Rubicon Pass.